This is Dylan FM, a freak music club podcast on Bob Dylan. If you love Dylan, you're in the right place. This season, we're going deep on Time Out of Mind to celebrate its 25th anniversary. Here's your host, Craig Danielov. For most people, Highlands is one of the masterworks on Time Out of Mind. It wraps up the album in a way that seems appropriate in light of everything that came before it, with a flavor of the devastation, but also some sense of digestion. Dylan seems to have processed where it is he finds himself. Of course, it also brings with it three things only glimpsed elsewhere on the album, optimism, acceptance, and humor. His descriptions of the Highlands itself is generally positive, and the fact that his heart is anywhere seems like an upgrade. He ends with the sentiment that his dreams and aspirations are good enough for now, which seems like a major improvement from the mood and attitude that fill the ten songs that precede it. And we have the waitress scene, one of those bursts of humor that Dylan fans absolutely adore. Beyond all this, it's musically distinctive, last 17 minutes, which, even for someone who famously didn't care how long songs were supposed to be, was quite notable. Highlands has a calming effect, for the reasons I've stated and more. A listen to Time Out of Mind without the Highlands chaser leaves a very different residue. Our guest today is Scott Bunn, who writes prodigiously about Dylan and other thoughtful lyricists on his Recliner Notes website. Scott has written two great posts on Highlands, which he'll share today, and then we'll talk about the song and the ideas behind it. In the last two years, Scott wrote 81, by my account, really interesting posts on Dylan songs. They're all smart, insightful, not too esoteric, and liberally punctuated with YouTube videos and images, so they're fun and thought-provoking. In the first section of this episode, Scott presents his first and full formal Highlands post. Then we chat a bit about his work and other time out of mind and Dylan issues. A few weeks after we taped this, Scott made a discovery, a possible inspiration for our favorite waitress and Dylan's interaction with her in the middle of the song. So he wrote a new post, which generated a lot of online discussion. I asked him to come back for a second talk where he presented this new theory, and we chatted a little bit about that. Links to the specific pieces and his blog itself are, of course, in the show notes. You're hearing this in the public feed of our podcast, which includes the first 20 minutes of Scott's first presentation. Premium members get a private feed with the full discussion, which in this case includes another 20 minutes of our chats and Scott's big waitress revelation. You can become a premium member and get the private feed at freakmusic.club join. But now, here is Scott Bunn of reclinernotes.com. Yeah, this is uh, something that I wrote about, about Highlands off of Time Out of Mind. Asked by Robert Hilburn of the Los Angeles Times in December 1997 about the genesis of the song Highlands, Bob Dylan had the, said the following, quote, I had the guitar run off an old Charlie Patton record in my head for years and always wanted to do something with that. I was sitting around, maybe in the dark delta or maybe in some unthinkable trench somewhere, with that sound in my mind and the dichotomy of the highlands with that seemed to be a path worth pursuing. It starts off as a stream of consciousness thing and you add things to it. I take things from all parts of life and then I see if there is a connection and if there's a connection, I connect them. 
The riff was just going repeatedly, hypnotically in my head. Then the words eventually come along, end quote. A few years later, in December 2001, Mikhail Gilmore of Rolling Stone brought up Highlands to Dylan, and he provided additional information. Quote, that particular song, we worked with a track that I had done at a sound check once in some hall. The assembled group of musicians we had down at the studio just couldn't get it. So I said, just use that original track and I'll sing over it. It was just some old blues song I always wanted to use. And I felt that once I was able to control it, I could have written about anything with it. End quote. The Highlands are a specific place in northwest Scotland, sparsely populated by people. We know Dylan is referring to Scotland as he cites the Aberdeen waters in the first chorus. As Dylan said in those quotes, he evokes a utopian ideal when referring to the Highlands as a counterpoint to his regular, everyday existence. For Dylan, the Highlands are a place of the imagination and romanticism. Dylan's Highlands bring to mind the Moors in the north of England, made famous by Emily Bronte in her novel Wuthering Heights. When Catherine and Heathcliff, the two main characters of the novel, are children, the Moors are a place for rambling and play, representing their wild inclinations. Later, it is a place of escape for the two characters, acting as the only place they can be free. Virginia Woolf wrote the following about Emily Bronte and her sister Charlotte, the author of Jane Eyre. Quote, they are always invoking the help of nature. They both feel the need of some more powerful symbol of the vast and slumbering passions in human nature than words or actions can convey. They seize those aspects of the earth, which were most akin to what they themselves felt or imputed to their characters. And so their storms, their moors, their lovely spaces of summer weather are not ornaments applied to decorate a dull page or display the writer's powers of observation. They carry on the emotion and light up the meaning of the book, end quote. Wolf's description of the Brontes' use of nature in their work is similar to how Dylan utilizes the highlands. He shares distinctive, distinctive features of the region throughout the song. Honeysuckle blooming in the wildwood air, the wind it whispers to the buckeyed trees and rhyme, big white clouds like chariots that swing down low. This utopian vision is what is driving the narrator of the song to get through his own day. I'm going to go there when I feel good enough to go. In the last chorus, Dylan sings, Oh, my heart's in the highlands at the break of day, over the hills and far away. There's a way to get there and I'll figure it out somehow, but I'm already there in my mind and that's good enough for now. The highlands is an imaginative ideal for the narrator. He doesn't know if he'll ever get there, but it's his already. The yearning for the Highlands is enough to keep him going, to live, endure, and ultimately to create. What is it that the narrator is trying to escape? Woke up this morning and I looked at the same old page, same old rat race, life in the same old cage. Feel like a prisoner in a world of mystery. I wish someone would come and push back the clock for me. There's bleakness, despondency, and a feeling of clinical depression in those words. Despite the gloominess, Dylan cuts it with his wry sense of humor. I don't want nothing from anyone. Ain't that much to take. Wouldn't know the difference between a real blonde and a fake. If I had a conscience, well, I might just blow my top. Well, what would I do with it anyway? Maybe take it to the pawn shop. 
Is there anything more debasing for an object, let alone a conscience, than sell it to a pawn shop? How much are you going to get for a good conscience? How about a bad one? 20 bucks? 10? Of course, Dylan is at a straight-faced funniest during the narrator's exchange with the witness in the restaurant in Boston Town. The whole scene has a, do you see what I have to put up with, vibe from Dylan. Moving to the end of the song, Highland includes one of the starkest verses in Dylan's career. The sun is beginning to shine on me, but it's not like the sun that used to be. The party's over, and there's less and less to say. I got new eyes. Everything is far away. Have there ever been, have there been any other words written in popular music that captures the weight of aging more than this verse? It's grounded, personal, and bleak. Dylan delivers the line, I got new eyes, as if he's the bad guy in a movie. It's a threat to anyone listening. It immediately puts us on notice. The use of new at first implies that there will be an improvement, but then Dylan reduces the threat and instead tells us that things would be worse when he sings, everything looks far away. It forces Dylan to the highlands in the last chorus, where he once again returns to his imagination. I'm already there in my mind. The highlands provide solace, and he can find acceptance. That's good enough for now. I also want to point out the connection between highlands and the infamous sad-eyed lady of the lowlands, from 1966, Blonde on Blonde. Both are epic, long, grab-for-the-ring songs by Dylan that close up the albums on which they appear. The image of the Lowlands is most likely fired by Lowndes, Sarah Dylan's last name, when the two met. In an act of poetic transference, Dylan has evoked a distant place that could be the Lowlands of Scotland, but is much more than a specific location. Dylan describes the Lowlands as a place where the sad-eyed prophet says that no man comes. This could be an allusion to bedroom politics or of the mysterious nature of the song's subject. In both songs, Dylan is evoking a sense of pleasure to push the listener outside the bounds of this world's geography and instead into the realm of metaphor and poetry. There's a funny a- anecdote about Highlands, courtesy of musician and producer Jim Dickinson. Dickinson has many credits to his name, including producing Big Star's third, The Replacements, Let It Be, countless Rye Cooter albums, and of course, he played piano on the Rolling Stones' Wild Horses. Dickinson was one of the many, many musicians who played on Time Out of Mind, and he shared a terrific Dylan Zinger with Uncut Magazine in 2008. He said that after they finished recording the 16-minute-long Highlands, quote, one of the managers came out and he said, well, Bob, have you got a short version of that song? And Dylan looked at him and said, that was the short version, end quote. Now, we've we've since learned from Mark Howard via Freak Music Club that there isn't a longer version of Highlands. But as said in the film, The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance, when the legend becomes fact, print the legend. So let's not get in the way of this deadpan comedy from Dylan. That was the short version. Okay, Scott, that was fantastic. Let me, if you don't mind, ask a few questions about about highlands and about some of the things you said first i'd love to back up to hundred thousand feet and maybe get your broad impressions of the song it, it's so popular and why do you think that is i think uh you know you've you've chosen to do time of out of mind which was such a significant album in dylan's career coming at a you know uh, specific turning point in his career as well 
he came out in 1997. He hadn't had uh, an album of, you know, wholly original compositions since um, Under the Red Sky. So he had had, you know, almost seven years of, you know, not knowing if this guy could do it anymore. And then, you know, he comes out with this terrific album filled with song after song, you know, conveying so many different emotions. And, you know, all of those emotions are within Highlands as a whole. So Highlands even acts as kind of like time out of mind, you know, in miniature, even though it's a 16 minute song. Um, it, it has, you know, so many funny moments. It has the despondency, the bleakness, but it also has, you know, that great Charlie Patton riff that he talked about, this sort of hypnotic droning effect. And it's just the perfect pairing of, of music and then, and then Dylan's vocals, which allows him just to, you know, um, go off in so many different directions. And the reason for the popularity of that song in particular is, you know, I think I can speak for a lot of, you know, Dylan fans, uh, Dylan lovers. We like the big, long songs, right? It's because there's just so much in there. I even mentioned, you know, Sad-Eyed Lady of the Lowlands, you know, Desolation Row ain't talking, you know, these grand sweeping gestures that he puts in at the end of albums. Highlands just fits into that, into that uh, mode that he's been in, in, you know, so many different points in his career. And it's interesting, and I think even unique among those songs in that it has these very distinct sections. Mm. Uh, the most notable being the waitress encounter mm. where, you know, the humor picks up. You mentioned some of the, you know, the jokes that are in that, in that section, but why don't you drill in on that area a little bit and tell, share some thoughts about the, the waitress and the eggs and uh, Erica Jong. Yeah. yeah. It's just so funny. And, you know, it, it's just, most of it is uh, there are just so many of the details, right? Like when your friend is telling you a story, an anecdote, and you're just laughing throughout, it's because, you know, they're able to convey those specific details that could come from nobody else. And Dylan's the best storyteller I know, right? And it's right there in the song Highlands where he's rhyming, you know, eggs and legs. You know, he pulls, uh, you know, she demands uh, that he draws a picture of her. Uh, it looks nothing like me. She gets all mad. You know, she says, I can tell you don't read women authors. And he says, I read Erica Jong. I read some interview that, when he originally sang that and he sang Erica Jong, he started cracking up in the middle and they had to go back in and overdub it. And you can actually hear it. If you listen carefully for that, you can hear Erica Jong and then he comes back with the next line and you can just hear the wisp of a, of a laughter right in there. And so, you know, what's great about that is he doesn't laugh in the recorded version, but we have. So it's all deadpan. And so Dylan's so good at this deadpan humor, but he's just hilarious with, with the telling of, the, of that narrative, especially with those details. So yeah, that's why I love that sec. Talk a little more about the, the groove. We know a little bit that uh, he, he wasn't happy about the studio musicians mm -hmm. re-recording of it. And there was an original sort of sound check workup Share something about that that groove and and maybe the uh, the influences that drive it. Yeah, and he said the riff comes from a Charlie Patton song, and I, I don't know which Charlie Patton song it is, and you know who knows with Dylan, 
you know, he's not always the best source of his own stuff. So, you know, it could come from someplace else, but I do think it does come from that sound check. I read something, Uncut did a series of, of interviews with people associated with Time Out of Mind. And I think somebody says that, it might've been Mike Howard, that you can actually hear the, the riff um, loop over. So it is a loop. And, you know, he famously said to Lanois and Mark Howard before Time Out of Mind sessions that he wanted to make a back record because Odelay had just come out. I think that's, I think if you listen to it, you if you just listen to the guitar playing that riff, it's not a live thing. It is a loop. You can hear it turn over. So it feels like this old blues record, but it's inspired by, you know, very contemporary uh, guy in, in back. Yeah. And then another contemporary who makes an appearance is, is Neil Young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I pulled this up. Neil and Bob kind of got off to, on a shaky start, at least from um, Dylan's point of view, he said in a Spin Magazine interview in 1985, this is quote, the only time it bothered me that someone sounded like me was I was living in Phoenix, Arizona in about 72. And the big song at that time was Heart of Gold. I used to hate it when it came on the radio. I always liked Neil Young, but it bothered me every time I listened to Heart of Gold. I think it was up at number one for a long time. And I'd say, shit, that's me. If it sounds like me, it should as well be me. There I was stuck in the desert someplace having to cool down for a while, end quote. And then he, then he comes back and, you know, many years later, we know that Neil's played with him a number of times. They're buddies now. So in the middle of Highlands, he sings, I'm listening to Neil Young. I got to turn up the sound. Someone's always yelling, turn it down. A few years later, in 2003, Neil Young returns the favor um, in a song called Bandit. And he says, he sings the, the line, you're invisible. You've got too many secrets. Bob Dylan said that, something like that. So I think that's uh, these two guys, these two great masters of songwriting, um, sort of shouting each other out, answering each other in song. I, I kind of love that about both of them. How do you think about it in terms of, obviously it closes the album. It has a bit of a different feel, although as you said, the the themes from the album are in there. Uh, What what makes it such a good closer uh, and so satisfying? I think, uh, like I said before, because it is kind of, it it feels like one of those epics. You know, I called it a grab for the ring song. Dylan's really going for it here. He wants to create a masterpiece. And so it fits in in many places, but stands on its own. You know, it's not unlike Murder Most Foul, really, off of rough and rowdy ways. I think there's a similar grasping for immortality in both of those songs. And yeah, and Highlands has it all. That's all we have time for on this episode. But Scott concludes this presentation, answers some questions, and then talks about his new revelation regarding The Waitress and a songwriter called Terry Allen. There's about 20 minutes more in the extended podcast. You can hear it all, plus extended versions of our talks with Time Out of Mind engineer Mark Howard, artist Robin Hitchcock and Wesley Stace, author Michael Gray, our Philosophy of Song Roundtable, and quite a lot more. Please consider a premium membership, which you can get at freakmusic.club join. Don't forget to subscribe and rate this podcast. It really helps. 
for bonus episodes and more. Become a member at freakmusic.club slash join. And you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at FMC underscore Dylan. Thanks for listening. 